0: Yeah. So when they do something incorrectly, it's so easy for me just to be like, okay, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll just do it. It's easier that way. But then I have to take a step back and be like, kind of just calm down and just go through the motion and just figure out why they did it incorrectly and how can I teach them and mentor them so they learn not to make the same mistake again. So I think that I think that happens probably on a weekly basis, right, Scott? So so I think that's something that, for me, I had to kind of develop over time, is to be more patient, for sure.
1: The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Kevin Wen. Kevin's based out of Hamilton, Ontario. He has a company called Empire Mortgage. And last year he did about 65 million in production. Awesome guy with a great team and just a fantastic attitude. A couple of the takeaways from my conversation with Kevin. He shares how as a child, he was an introvert, but now he has completely shifted that and would identify as an extrovert now that he's older and learned sort of just the value of building relationships and working with people. He shares a book that he actually read, like he probably reads multiple times a year that I think helps with changing your mindset around this. Second thing he talks about is mapping his customer journey and how this was an actual game changer for his business. So the customer journey is everything that happens from first contact to client for life and having every single step and stage mapped out, including what happens next and how that's freed him up to look at scaling his business and adding team members and knowing who's going to do what. And then finally, he talks about how getting crystal clear in each part of the process has really helped him just become better at his business. And I think he said he's up 200% this year so far, year over year. Of course, it's partly market-driven, I'm sure, because of the craziness that we're seeing right now in the market. But in either case, his business has continued to expand. And Kevin, you can tell he really cares about his clients and cares about the process and the experience that they get. And yeah, check out this episode with Kevin. I think you're really going to like it. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business.
0: Yeah. So born and raised Hamilton, strict Vietnamese parents. They wanted all of us, including cousins, to become doctors, right? So uh, went the finance route. But fluent in Vietnamese, school in Hamilton, no bank experience. Just kind of jumped right into the mortgage uh, brokering industry right out of school. Learned a lot. It was a lot of struggles early on, but I think that created uh, just a huge backbone for me now, Scott.
1: Okay. So, but how did you go from, you know, your parents saying be a
0: doctor yeah, to, yeah. you
1: didn't work at a bank at all. Like what made you pick mortgages of all things?
0: Yeah. So I went to school for economics and I did post-grad in financial planning. always had a passion for real estate. So my whole graduating class went financial investing. And then I'm like, you know, if I went mortgage brokering, I can get a lot of their referrals. So yeah. So Clever. So you zig with- when they all zagged,
1: you're like, Hey, and yeah. did you ever get referrals from any of those people?
0: Yes, I did. Like a lot of their turndowns early on. that created a nice foundation early on. And yeah, like to me, real estate with finance and the mortgage just kind of brought that all together.
1: Right. Makes sense. And Peter Matheny says it perfectly when he said he was a financial advisor and he'd rather give people money than take it from them. And as a mortgage <laughs> broker, you're always giving people money, right? Right, uh, right. Okay. So before we dive into your story, I'd love to ask about sure. a quote that's had an impact on you. I love quotes or portable. And yeah, yeah. So can you share one?
0: Yeah, so one of my favorite quotes of all time is, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man a fish and you feed him for a lifetime. What I love about this quote, and it's resonated throughout my whole career, and now I kind of approach my staff, my new agents, even my one-year-old kid the same way, right? Instead of doing it for them, you teach them how to do it properly. And like just kind of be there as a mentor for them through the trial and errors. And I think that creates just such a great foundation for their future growth. Right, Scott. So yeah, just teaching, teaching instead of doing right. right? Don't do it
1: for them. Teach them. Okay. So how have you applied this to your work? So like with your staff or your team?
0: Yeah. So when they do something incorrectly, it's so easy for me just to be like, okay, you know, don't worry about it. I'll just do it. It's easier that way. But then I have to take a step back and be like, "Kind of just calm down and just go through the motion and just figure out why they did it incorrectly. And how can I teach them and mentor them so they learn not to make the same mistake again? So I think that, I think that happens probably on like a weekly basis, right, Scott? Right. So, so I think that's something that for me, I had to kind of develop over time is to be more patient for sure.
1: Right. So can you yeah. of an example of something recently that you, one of your team members, you were like, oh, I could jump in and fix this, but- My staff forgot to send in the letter of direction for a broker fee,
0: right? So my initial reaction is I'm angry. I'm going to jump in there. I want to call the lawyer, call the client, but I took a step back and really, okay, you know, why did we make this mistake? Like, was it my process that made you forget? Or was it just your mistake personally? Right. So, so then I want you to reach out. I want you to make it better, reach out to the lawyer, reach out to the client. I'll walk you through it. I'll give you the dialogue to resolve this situation. Right. And then what measures can we put in place? So this never happens ever again. Right. So uh, it's a big paycheck, right? So so did it get sorted? Yeah, she's good now. She's never made mistakes since. And that right, was over so yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: so the, that's interesting. Yeah, I always find those problems where you find gaps in your process to go back and right. fix and be just like, oh, yeah. how do we avoid this from happening? Okay, so can you share something that you failed at, but now looking back, there was a lesson in it because there's always failure as a mortgage broker entrepreneur. So what's something that you can think of a specific?
0: Yeah, about you know three, four years ago is when I really kind of turned the corner and all my marketing initiatives, all my networking just really came to fruition, Scott. And I just got really, really busy, right? And and I think, I wouldn't call it failure, but just not being prepared to be busy, right? Just not having the right systems in place for growth. And for me, client experience is everything for me. I wanna create raving fans through all my clients. And when I'm not getting back to them in time, or I'm not giving them the best experience possible, to me, like, I had a lot of sleepless nights because of that, and so really, when I did have some downtime, I really took a step back and and I told myself I have to hire right people and then compensate them well. Right. And put the right systems in place. So that doesn't happen again. I think that forced me to grow really quickly and create a structure that's kind of more efficient
1: and scalable. So did you have any like missteps in the hiring process in the past? Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So to me is, um, you know, like I actually love the book Traction, right? So like to me, creating certain systems, the one chapter I love is the right people in the right seats, right? I had a lot of right people in the wrong seats, wrong people in the right seats, and just bringing on people that are kind of likable and then try to force them into a role that might not necessarily bring out the best in them. So I think like over time, it's like, okay, what are you good at? And how can I put you in a position to succeed, right?
1: Right. Okay. So when yeah. that happened, did you have any staff you turned over or were you able to just reposition them? Yeah. You else? know what?
0: <laughs> so I've had a lot, well, not a lot, but a couple of turnover in administrative staff, right? I've been fortunate enough that my underwriters have always kind of stayed with me and administrative staff is just, I want them to grow and I push them in a way where you might start as an admin, but I'll nurture you into fulfillment and underwriter. And it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. And I think because of that, they've left us because, you know, they're just happy with that initial stage and they want to stay there for kind of forever. Right?
1: Right. Yeah. I've always said yeah. you can't dream bigger for other people than they I'll do for go. themselves. Right? Right. Like, it's like, can't oh, teach hunger. Yeah. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, I really want it. You're like, yeah. I don't want that. They're like, I'm happy. To just yeah. give me my job and let me do it. And I'm happy. Right. Yeah. So yeah, right. Uh, that's really good. Okay. So what's the single biggest change you made your business in the last 12 months?
0: So. I love learning, right? I love reading books, listening to books, listening to podcasts, asking questions. But what I really wanted to focus on was reaching out to people in both the business world and the mortgage industry to really dissect my business, right? And give constructive feedback, right? So, so I'm actually super grateful that we were able to align, Scott, and you look into my business from, you know, like a higher level and, and help me kind of, you know, put the right process in place, starting from the customer journey all the way down to post-funding client, client for life. And because of that, it kind of started this whole hiring process and for the first time in like probably forever, I feel so confident in scaling and growing. Right, Scott. So just like learning from people that I respect in the industry. And I think that's really like, you know, putting your kind of pride aside and just really, you know, the pursuit of growth. Right.
1: Right. As I always say, cheating on the test, if somebody knows the answer, just find who is the answer yeah. and you can copy it.
0: Okay. Don't so reinvent the wheel. Yeah.
1: And then, so is there anything specifically in your customer journey that going through the process of, and if somebody's listening to this, maybe explain what a customer journey is so that sure. they understand what it is. And then, what's one thing, one change or tweak that you made to it?
0: Yeah. So, the customer journey to me is just the whole client experience from beginning to end. Right. So, and what I love about the customer journey is that I've helped a lot of my friends in different industries with their customer journeys and client journeys, right? And to me, it's one thing that I really try to do in every conversation I have is create commitment and trust, right? So it's like from the initial conversation, what dialogue, what verbiage, what questions should I ask to create that commitment and trust? Therefore, you know, they'll flow through the rest of that journey with me, trusting that I am looking out for their best interests right scott so a customer journey is from the initial lead all the way to closing on your beautiful new house all the steps in between and how do i make that as efficient as possible
1: right i define it the same way so and then in terms of like you said commitment and trust is important you're always trying to sell the next step you don't need to sell the yeah. whole journey just sell the next right. step in the journey and so can you think of an example of a change that you've made to your customer journey in the last you know 90 days or six months that you're like, Hey, I feel like this is a better way to serve my clients.
0: Yeah. Like you're right with clearly defining the next step, right? Scott. So when we have our initial discovery call or introduction call, it's like, okay, what happens after that? Right. So right away I started implement, you know, let's just book our strategy session right away. Right. So Mr. And Mrs. Client, thank you for taking my call today. You know, our next step is to book a strategy session, which in that call will outline your affordability, your monthly payments, your terms, answer any questions that you might have and scheduling that right away. So that creates, you know, urgency, but also trust and commitment. And the client knows exactly what the next step is, right? So I think that's been very powerful, Scott, and it's made our business way more efficient for sure.
1: Right. It's also a filter to know that somebody kind of just tire kicking or they actually want to work with you because- it creates that a natural filter as well. hundred percent
0: it does. Yeah. To, to help they,
1: you find a good clients.
0: If they're not getting back to you right away, or if, if they're not doing the homework that you kind of set out for them, then they may not be as serious as they say they are. Right, Scott? Kind
1: of- right. Yeah. It's an identifier. So you and I, we did some consulting. You're a high producing broker. You know, we did a bit of one-on-one. So what for you was your biggest takeaway from that?
0: Just putting in writing the customer journey, Scott. Customer, I think, yeah, like, I thought that's what you'd say. You know like, what? I'm really excited to kind of take the next steps when I kind of have my team in place to work on, you know, like the marketing, the branding. Because I think like that's where your specialty kind of lies there, Scott. But just putting pen to paper the customer journey and then taking that back and, and making all of my agents and my staff. Also put their customer journey, pen to paper too. Right. uh, How how did they, how did they respond to that? When you went to them and said, Hey, at first they were like, Kevin, like, are you kidding me? Like, I know this. I'm like, okay. So walk me through it. It started off our first conversation. It was like six, seven steps, just headlines. I'm like, guys, like, so what happens after this? How about from here? What do you do with this lead? How do you follow up? And they're like, really? At first there was a lot of resistance, but by the end of it, they're like, that's really cool. And a couple of my agents are looking to hire on administrative staff. So then we took it one step further. I'm like, okay, so Aaron, for example, high producing agent on my team. I'm like, Aaron, which one of these steps do you enjoy doing? And which steps do you don't enjoy doing, do not enjoy doing, right? He's like, I like doing this, this, and this. Okay, cool. So when you're hiring somebody more than just a job description, they're responsible for step one, three, seven of your customer journey. How's that sound, right? It just gave them a clearer vision on who to hire and what type of person to hire, right?
1: Right. Yeah, it totally it's does. Cool. It's a very effective process to do. Okay. So tell me about your team. Yeah. How big is your team? And if you're okay sharing like units or something, like what are you guys doing in terms of production?
0: So last year we did 159 files and our average mortgage amount was 406000 and this year for Q1, we're up 240% on last year's numbers, right? So, right. yeah. So, and then our staff right now is we have our underwriter, fulfillment officer, compliance officer. So three support staff with five agents on our team. And, and do, you do uh, support
1: for your agents as well?
0: Yes, yes, we do. So both our underwriter and our fulfillment provide support to our agents. Long-term goal is to keep growing the agent base. And then hire on an underwriter that solely supports all of our agents. So I think that would be very dynamic. Frees up a lot of time for both myself and Love, right? Which is my right-hand man, so.
1: So what is your team's names? Because I think you have the coolest team's names <laughs> ever. Like, it's the first name. You don't really see the last name. But so what are your team's Yeah, team yeah.
0: Love, Love, L-U-V, Llama. We've got Dale, Eric, Jordan, Aaron. Right, Love & uh, like, Llama though, like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a
1: clothing brand, Love & Llama. You know, like,
0: yeah, yeah. it could be
1: like, set a Club Monaco back from when I was a kid. <laughs> Do you remember Club Monaco? <laughs> yes,
0: of course. Yeah. <laughs> you could have a whole like Love &
1: Llama clothing brand. I got some rapid fire questions for you. You can answer sure. these shorter yeah. answers if you like. Yeah, so yeah. what's one cool. thing people can't find out about you from Google?
0: I just love meeting new people. So COVID has been tough because I love entertaining guests. I love hosting parties, right? And the best way to kind of get to know people is through food and drink to me. Right. Mm So, so much that at one point, actually during my mortgage career, I owned a coffee shop, a wine bar and a ping pong bar all at the same time. Right. So what the heck
1: is a ping pong bar?
0: Yeah. So it's a table tennis restaurant where, where you go in there. It's a great first date spot and you have live music, you have good food, good drinks, and you and your partner just have a game of ping pong. And it's just an awesome concept. It was really, so are you really good really at ping pong, pong fan? I'm pretty decent at it, yeah. <laughs> right. Definitely got a lot better owning the bar for sure.
1: So I played some sports in schools. The one team I did not make was ping pong. Really? Like yeah. yeah, like they actually had tryouts and they're like, no, you just don't have the hand-eye coordination for it, buddy. So yeah. yeah. It still hurts today. Okay, so what's a movie that you think everyone should watch at least
0: once? I'm not a huge movie guy, but I love documentaries, right? So right. I'm actually a big basketball fanatic. So uh, The Last Dance, Michael Jordan and the Great Chicago Bulls teams back in the day, it just showed like what it takes to be like the best ever, which I thought was really cool. And then Netflix has an awesome miniseries called The Playbook.
1: Oh, yeah. I saw some of those. those, Some of those are
0: fantastic. It's just spotlighting legendary coaches as they share the rules that they live by to achieve success through mentorship, right? So like Doc Rivers was the first one I saw. And it's a phenomenal little miniseries. I think it's five episodes. But yeah. it's, a, it's a good watch. I watched it. The, watch.
1: yeah. the one line I got from that was pressure is a privilege. Yes. I was, that's, that's a great one. That that's was, a good one. Oh, that's a that good one. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's like, hey, we're here, but the pressure, this is a privilege that we get. And instead yeah. of thinking of pressure as this negative
0: thing, it's like, right. wait a
1: second. I just thought that was great. Okay. So, yeah. what's one software program or tool you use that you can't run your business without?
0: I think before COVID, it was like 50 50 in the industry, but like the online application. Like right. the online application, I can't even imagine going back to like, you know, scanning an application to a client, having the client print it out, fill it in and either email So what it, do you use, what application,
1: like, what are you using for that? What software?
0: Yeah. So right now we're using Finmo as a yep. front end application and it pushes directly through FileLogix, which is even a bigger bonus. Right. So I think that's very dynamic. It creates a very efficient process and that with electronic signatures. So, you know, one span. DocuSign, whatever that is, I think those two technologies kind of like, I don't think you can be an efficient uh, business without it right now.
1: No, I totally agree. Yeah, so. What's one book you recommend for our listeners?
0: It's tough for to pick one, Scott. So I think like mortgage wise, if you're a new mortgage agent in the industry, like be the better broker, but Dustin Woodhouse there, I think that creates a nice little foundation for new agents. If you're growing a business, Traction, have you ever read Traction?
1: You're the second person in a row who's told me about traction. And so, um, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. I I don't know how I haven't read it, but I'm getting it. I will have it today. The whole EOS concept, it's just transferable to any industry out there. And I think it's just a phenomenal read to do. Relentless by Tim Grover. He's uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's personal trainer. I think that's a great book. And my favorite book of all time, Scott, and I read at least once. Probably six times a year is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Really? It's like, I love meeting people. And like, I grew up as actually, I was a pretty big introvert. Like I wasn't confident in meeting people, but getting into sales, I was kind of forced to. And I think that book allowed me to have context in certain ways to communicate with people. And like genuinely care about what they do every time I read it something else comes up. I think it's a phenomenal. Right? Any book that's still in print that long has got gold in it, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah, seriously, sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. so elevator question. So if you're in an elevator and you're your an ideal client and you know, they hit ding and yeah. what's your pitch? And they say like, hey, what do you do?
0: What do you, how do you answer Yeah, that? like it's not so much an elevator pitch but like a mission statement, right, Scott? So like, you know, I'm a mortgage broker by profession. But a way I really love doing, Scott, is it's just how people grow wealth. And a lot of people associate wealth with money. And, and I think like monetary has a little bit to do with it, but like wealth to me is like more than that. It's more time, time with friends and family. Wealth to me is, you know, like golfing on a Wednesday afternoon. Wealth to me is like being able to keep fit and have fun, right? right. You know, like to me personally, lying on a beach in beautiful Belize is wealth. Golfing in the California coast is wealth. Wine Tour in, in Bordeaux, France as well. Stop. Wealth, we can't right? do so, any of these things right, right? Now. So, Stop, please. I'm but, just kidding. But when it does, right, so, so Scott, so to me, like, if you genuinely want to grow wealth, let our team help you. And right. we'll do it through real estate, and we'll use mortgages as a vehicle to get you there. Right, right so, I see. So you,
1: you've already committed, yeah. You completely distracted me from mortgages, because now I'm just like, well, I want to go on vacation. <laughs>
0: yeah so yeah like, so like to me like helping people i just love helping people i love giving back to the community even our whole empire cares initiative there scott so i think like we're gonna try to grow that as 2021 2022 and beyond kind of move forward but yeah i just love helping people
1: That's right do, so. okay last question if you could put you remember the delorean but the, yeah the, yeah like the future yeah, car send future. you back to like your first day <laughs> in the mortgage business you could say kevin do these yeah.
0: things what would you tell yourself i would say find a good mentor to me, like to me, put yourself in a position to learn from someone that's very successful, right? So to me, like I've been fortunate enough to learn from some awesome brokers, take their pros and cons, things that they do right and things that they do wrong and kind of learn from that. And I think if you just surround yourself with people that are way more successful than you, you just naturally elevate your game to that level. For agents that are you know, either part-time or just trying to do it on their own. I feel like you're going to get eaten up and spit back out because like it is a harsh business to do well in. But if you put yourself in a position to succeed, like I still surround myself with just high, high producing brokers and talk to them on a daily basis. Right. And I think because of that, we share so many amazing ideas to help each other grow together. Right. So find Find a mentor. mentor.
1: Okay, what would be the second thing?
0: Take the five. Steps to 5 million course. <laughs> so, Thank you. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Here's $20. Thank you for saying yeah. that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no. So,
0: yeah. no. Yeah. So I think it's need a good foundation, right, Scott? Learn, meet as many people as you can, and then just genuinely care about what they do. Right. And don't be afraid to ask for a referral. Right. If you ask for it and they say no, you're back to the same position that you are now. Right? right. But imagine they say yes. Right. So then, like, don't be afraid to ask referrals. Meet as many people as you can and just like talk to people that will allow you to create an amazing foundation for your growth. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Okay. This has been awesome, man. And we're going to find you online.
0: Find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, www.empiremarsgroup.ca Kevin at empiremarsgroup.ca.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, Hey, thank you and good luck with your expanding of your team and taking over uh, Hamilton.
0: Thank you so much, Scott. It was a pleasure.